Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 256 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. This is actually a very, very special interview because I am here with Lynn Houston. And what you may not know is Lynn is actually, I don't even know if you know this, Lynn. Lynn is the first person I ever interviewed for Intermittent Fasting Stories, even though she's not episode one. Did you know you were the very first person I ever interviewed? I did not. I knew that I was episode number two. Yeah. See, it was kind of, I don't know, you you figure stuff out as you go. For whatever reason, when I started at the beginning of the podcast, I recorded, like when people agreed to do the podcast, I wrote them down. 
Like whoever agreed first, that was Kim Smith. She agreed first, so she was going to be number one. And then you agreed second, so I wrote you down. You were episode two. But when you signed up to record, you chose a slot earlier than hers. But for whatever reason in my mind, I had already written it down. You were episode two. (laughs) It would have been so much easier. I probably did that for the first 10 episodes when people, I would like assign them an episode number when they would sign up. And then it would get out of order. So I'd be like recording them and editing them out of order. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm just going to record them in order. Whatever I record, that's their number. (laughs) It would have been a lot easier. So you would have been episode one. But instead you're episode two. But I also didn't know what I was doing. And yours is the shortest episode because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to stop now. (laughs) So I apologize for not knowing what I was doing, but here we are today and we're going to catch up. So just to let everybody know, Lynn has had a lot of life changes since we interviewed. And this is also cool. It was almost four years to the day that your first episode came out because your first episode came out November 8th of 2018. And this one is going to come out November 15th of 2022. Who would have thought that it would work out like that? And if I, if I was going to put them out of order, I could make it come out on exactly the right day, but I'm not because <laughs> I've already recorded those. So Lynn, like I said, her life has changed a lot since 2018. Um, she now lives in Savannah, Georgia, and she is now a retired teacher who taught for 31 years in Nevada. Y'all may remember Lynn as being the teacher who taught in a one-room schoolhouse kind of a situation, which is so cool. And the teacher in me loved hearing about that. But another great thing is I got to meet Lynn super duper recently. How many days ago was it? Like a week and a half? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Lynn was here in Surfside Beach, South Carolina. And I said, come on over to the beach house. Let's have coffee on the porch. And she brought her husband and we had a really nice visit. And I said, you've got to come back on the podcast. It was a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Well, it really was. It actually turned out a friend of ours, Sherry, who records life lessons with me, saw that you had posted something on Facebook. And she said, I think Lynn is really close to you. And I took a look at Sherry sent me the picture that you had sent. And I was like, I know where she is exactly. (laughs) And so I reached out to you and here we are. And here we are. Absolutely. So, you know, for the people who have not listened to episode two since 2018 or have never listened to it, let's start by by telling your story, going back a little bit. Um, You know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? And so let's talk about that part first. Okay. Gosh, a long time ago. That would have been the fall of 2016. I was working at my little one-room school, and I had uh, my teaching assistant, tiny little thing that she is, little five-foot nothing, and um, always was trying to, you know, just lose that last 10 or 15 pounds, and she's, uh, she would always try to get me to, to do those things with her, and so we did shakes, and we did all the, all the different things, and she said, oh, I, we got to try this this thing. It's called intermittent fasting, and I was extremely skeptical. I was we're going to starve ourselves now. And uh, she's not just listen. And so uh, she just kind of gave it to me in a nutshell. And I'm like, Oh, heck, we'll do this for a couple weeks. And then we'll be done with that. And then we can move on. And I'll just continue to have all my health problems like diabetes and high blood pressure and, you know, really, um, really severe knee pain and back pain and things that were really debilitating for me. Because you were a diabetic at that point. 
I was. And and what was your weight at that time? Just under 250 pounds. Okay. And so, and I, and I had tried to do, you know, exercise kinds of things and it just really didn't have any luck doing any meaningful weight loss other than, you know, the, the bounce around kind of stuff that you do when you're, you're like, oh my gosh, I have diabetes. I have to do, you know, no carbs. And, and then you lose 40 or 50 pounds. And then you're like, yeah, I don't want to live this way for the rest of my life. I guess I'll just die. And, yeah. so, and then you gain it back. So I had done those things. And so anyway, I mean, we started out and I said, okay, um, my role is going to be, I don't eat at school. And I don't, I don't eat breakfast and I don't eat at school. And so, I mean, it was pretty much a starting out at 24 from the beginning. In one year, I had lost 88 pounds. And then I really had this goal that I felt like I could lose 100 pounds. And so it took me a really concerted effort of another whole year or very close to that and a lot of a really intense exercise and those kinds of things and being really careful with everything to get that last 12 pounds off. And we interviewed right after that. That was where that was my gift to myself for making the goal was that I would do the podcast. 100 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to remember. I thought you had, I couldn't remember completely, but because I know you were in the Facebook groups prior to being on the podcast. So I couldn't remember where the the 100 pounds hit, but you hit 100 pounds. We did the podcast. That's right. And tell them about your exercise because you've got the coolest exercise of anybody I know. So I ride an elliptical bike. It's made by Elliptigo. So it's like an elliptical machine, except you can go places because it has wheels and you ride it outside. Elliptigo, right? Right. It's not like the stationary. See, I just couldn't do any of those stationary kind of bikes. They got so boring. And, and when I lived in Nevada, you know, the, the snow and the winter. And so I had a, an indoor trainer that I could put it up on, but I really prefer to be outside. And now that I live where it doesn't snow much, I uh, do not put it on the trainer. I just uh, go outside and it, mostly it'd be rain. Right. So I just, just get wet. And even if it did snow, you could probably elliptigo in our little Southern snow. <laughs> so I have, um, several elliptical bikes now and one of them would totally work it has big tires and I could totally ride that in the in the snow. I do a little bit of weight lifting it but I'm really lazy about it and I'm pretty much afraid of water so I don't I mean I splash around the pool but I don't it's mostly just bike riding and sometimes I walk places and stuff. So, so you're not swimming in the ocean. I wade in the ocean. Yeah. And I like watch for things like jellyfish. Yeah. Oh, Chad just sent me like an article. I don't know what he was trying to tell me, but apparently two people got bitten by sharks like last week in Myrtle Beach. I'm like, thanks for telling me that. Not, I mean, you know. how about the people who got struck by lightning? Tell me those people too. I mean, you know, we don't have enough to worry about. I'm still getting in the ocean. Or get hit by the poles from the umbrella. Oh yeah. That happened at the beach right before you got here. I think the, the week before you came, someone got impaled. I mean, it was someone who lived in my neighborhood and I'm not making light of this. This is a terrible, terrible, tragic accident. A lady who lives in my neighborhood actually died because she got impaled by a beach umbrella. And so that, you know, we really have to be careful holding down our beach umbrellas. And so, of course, I told Lynn, here's the kind you need to get. <laughs> she wrote it down. Beach bub, for everybody who's listening. If you ever go to the beach and need a beach umbrella, beach bub is the brand name. You can get it on Amazon. I think you can order directly from their website. They do not sponsor my podcast. They don't even know I'm alive. But they are the best umbrellas and they're weighted down. So there's my public service announcement. I would actually worry more about flying beach umbrellas than a shark, truthfully. 
Well, so you you talked to me in 2018. Things were great. You were down a hundred pounds. And do you want to talk about your your surgery experience? Because I think that's important. I don't know if you wanted to talk about that or not, but I, I think that's an important thing to share. So after that hundred pounds came off, I had a couple friends who had um, abdominoplasty, tummy tuck, and I was like, oh, I just can't think of spending that kind of money on that. And is it okay if I tell how I got the money? It absolutely is okay. <laughs> Plus it was like illegal. I mean, as long as it was legal, you can share it. So I was, uh, we lived in Nevada and I had happened to, to go to uh, Las Vegas because I didn't live in Las Vegas. And that night I, I don't know, won a couple hundred bucks or something. And um, I was like, well, I'll play down to, so that I have $300 left. And so I'm going to max bet. So the, that machine was, I don't know, $3 and something a roll. I never, ever would bet like that. I just, it's not something I would ever do. And I hit the, you know, the, the, the bonus round thing. And it just like, I had rolls in the bonus round that were $2,500 wins and many, many, like, I don't know, a hundred different rolls. Right. And so I won $12,000. Oh my gosh. I don't think I knew that story. That is so fun. You know, the house always wins, but not this time. It was Lynn. I was like, well, I could pay off my car. And then I, and then that was kind of my plan as I left the casino, you know, quickly with all my money and, um, smart. <laughs> That's the school teacher in, in you, right? It's like, I'm taking this, I'm getting out while I'm ahead. <laughs> and, and then I, I don't know, I guess I thought about it for a week or two. And then, um, I don't know why I started to think about, I could have a tummy tuck and I have enough money for that. And it turns out that a tummy tuck, I had an extended abdominoplasty and a pubic lift, and that was just right about exactly $12,000. The universe told you to have that tummy tuck, right? <laughs> and, um, and the thing is, is it happened um, where I was teaching, so I had to have some time off. Not a lot of time off, but a couple weeks off afterward. And so I planned it to take off a couple of days, which is like an act of God to be able to take it days off where I worked because we didn't have subs. And so I took some days off. I had the surgery on a, like a Wednesday and I took off. So I took off like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We don't have school. Didn't have school on Fridays. And then I had spring break. And then the pandemic happened and we never went back. Oh. And so I got to teach. Well, got to, had to, whatever, teach from home. And so I didn't have to kind of sort of rush myself back. And literally they were like, you cannot walk other than going to the bathroom. Like you have to not do anything for four weeks, which was really hard. Like I didn't, I didn't like not riding bike and doing those things. And uh, I, but I could just feel like my body <laughs> gaining weight at, you know, no matter what I did in terms of fasting, I still fasted, you know, just as much as I could, but um, yeah, I'm sure I put on a good good 10 pounds at least. And some of that was probably the inflammatory response to the healing process too, and the fluid retention and all of that. But you had been very, very active. I had been. Yeah. And the minute I was able to start, you know, doing some kind of exercise, some of it came off. I never quite got it all off. So look, real quick, let me just say, 
I know that um, the reason I wanted you to talk about that is because, you know, Jason Fung always tells us that he's never had to send a patient to get, you know, skin surgery, whatever, you know, with thanks to autophagy and the fasting and all that. But I think that sometimes we do end up with, with the skin not. It just it depends on your own personal skin elasticity. And you had not been through menopause yet at that point. I had. Yeah, you I, had. Okay. I uh, had not had a period since I was 47. Okay. So you were already on the other side of menopause. Oh, yeah. See, I think that plays a huge role. And I want listeners to really, really get that because I didn't realize it for so long. And actually, in the, the episode that I recorded yesterday, the one right before this one, I was like, I would like to apologize to all the postmenopausal women because I didn't understand. I'm like, no, you just do fasting and your body bounces right back. Well, because that's what happened to me. I was premenopausal. My body bounced right back. My skin was tight. You know, I have a little bit of a little pooch, but you know, I had two babies and I was obese. And but it was mostly bounced back. And postmenopause, though, my skin elasticity is very different. If I had lost the weight postmenopause, I don't think my skin would have bounced back like it did. So I just think that's an important thing to know. You know, don't feel bad if your skin does not because it's not your fault. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by by Optimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, responsibly sourced proteins, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that fit in beautifully to my cleanish lifestyle, and the food is totally window-worthy. Tonight, we're having barbecue sweet potato tacos with cabbage and carrot slaw, black beans, corn, and cheesy tortillas, and they come with Green Chef's chimichurri sauce. So good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. We, we talked about that a little bit while we were visiting um, at your place that weight loss is just even even if like you finished having a period, but you're you may still have hormonal things happening with within your body for a couple three five years whatever, and then all of a sudden for me there weren't those all those nice hormones that were sort of continuing to 
hang in there with me didn't anymore. And I'll tell you what, coming back down, and I'll talk a little bit about like other kinds of weight gain things that I had been through and reasons why or whatever excuses. <laughs> um, but the coming back down is much, much more difficult. And I'd also add in, I'm not at work getting 25,000 steps, you know, day either. So there's that. But you're, you're exactly right that like for me, you know, I went through menopause at the age of 51 and celebrated how it was no big deal and my body didn't change, right? And now I'm 53. It's been two years since I, I went through menopause and and now my hormones are gone. And <laughs> just like you said, I think there were like levels that were still kind of hanging in there. And now it's like zero because I just had my hormones tested. I'm now finally finally doing hormone replacement for real and sticking with it and knowing that I have to do it. But my skin elasticity over the past year has changed. I'm like, I'm seeing my grandmother's face, her profile, my, my jowls. I don't know what that's a word. But All this stuff like right here in the cleavage is like crazy. There was a book. I remember, oh, what's her? Nora Ephraim? Is that how you say her? Nora Ephraim? She was on Oprah back in the 90s or something. I remember watching it and she wrote a book called I Feel Bad About My Neck. And that's like the only thing I, I don't really know a lot about her, but I remember that. And I'm like, and then it comes to mind when I look at, look at my neck now, but you know, it really, we really do change and it becomes more difficult to lose weight because our blood sugar control is not as good when we don't have those hormones. You know, we don't even maybe realize that estrogen and progesterone and testosterone all play a role. In, in the function of our bodies, not just to give us a period or let us have a baby. They do other things too. <laughs> things that are nice and right? helpful. I mean, as much as you, like for me, I was like, yay, no more period. This is great. Right, me too. I was so excited. <laughs> and then like all these other things are like, oh, well, oh, that, I kind of liked that part. I could have kept that. Yeah. <laughs> you want your skin to be elastic everywhere. Let me just say that. <laughs> <laughs> the women who are postmenopause and their husbands all just totally know what we are talking about. <laughs> but I was like, okay, there now it's time for the hormone replacement. But anyway, postmenopausal women, I apologize to not understanding that. But you know, there's a reason why we struggle so much on the other side of menopause, and it's not because you suddenly are you know lose your willpower or fasting quit working. It's, it's other stuff. So, but you went through some things as well, but the pandemic happened. So let's start back there. You were in the pandemic. You're recovering from your, your tummy tuck. Yeah. And so, you know, I was at home teaching from home and, and that was good in one way. And then in other ways it was, and I couldn't do any, a lot of exercise and then finally could get back to that. But at any rate, that whole next school year, we went back to the building in the fall and I felt like I was doing really well, never could quite get that last 10 off, but doing pretty well. And then uh, my husband said, hey, I'm ready to retire. And I said, hey, I don't have to work and teach. That would be awesome. And so that's what we decided to do. And he kind of picked Savannah and made that happen. And we moved and we literally got rid of everything except for a what would fit in a four by eight foot trailer. I pulled with my Subaru. And so, and then we just bought all new stuff when we got here. And that was a lot of fun. It is really such a freeing experience to, to do that. And I also realized, even though I only moved, you know, 
four hours away and it's still the South, you really have a different vibe from place to place. Like my Augusta house had like a Southern traditional, you know, formal dining room look. Here at the beach, that didn't in what I wanted to do. I wanted a coastal vibe. So you're probably the way you decorated in Savannah is very different than a Nevada feel. We didn't even bring. You left Nevada behind. <laughs> the photos, you know, and things like that. And I'm not really like a big interior decorator designer. So it's it's pretty bare and sparse in here, but that's okay. It's minimalist. I'm calling it minimalist. But and less to then, dust. And then right after we moved, got finally moved here, which was kind of a big, you know, like we came here to visit and then we moved our stuff and we got here and then we had to go back and finish up the sale of the house. And then we had car trouble and we're in New Mexico for three or four days on the way back. And we finally get here and my dad called and my mom had fallen and broken her hip and she had Alzheimer's and um, dementia. And And when was this exactly? What, what month was that? would have been in like September, October of 21. Yeah. Of 2021. Yeah. 2021. Okay. Yeah. September. Okay. 2021. And so I got in my car and I mean, I think I had been here two or three days, like not long at all. And uh, been back and you drove back. I drove to my parents lived in Wisconsin. Okay. And uh, so I drove up there and they just like made mom comfortable and she died on the 12th of October. And that was really stressful. Like just, that was probably the only two week period or any period of time since we started in the fall of 2016 that I just gave up fasting. I just ate whenever and whatever I wanted. I'm pretty sure I gained 20 pounds that month just because I just ate whatever, whenever my, you know, there was no way I was telling my 90 year old dad, who had just lost his wife of 65 years that, no, I can't eat breakfast with you. So I'm eating breakfast and I'm going to eat lunch and I'm going to have, we're probably going to have some supper (laughs) ever. And um, you know, the, the nursing home was great. They had these, these lovely baskets of things to offer people. Well, I decided I was a people and I could offer myself some too. So I just ate crap, just, just constantly. So I had that 20 pounds to deal with. And, um, I'm still fighting with those. So I probably had at least 30 that I was, that I've been fighting with. And I'm, I'm, I got the last like 15 left and slowly, but surely just, I mean, I'm watching over a year, well, since December and that, that weight graph is, it's declining. It's just turtling. I'm being a turtle. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's such an important part of the story to know how stress affects us. You know, you, first of all, you know, don't overestimate the stress that you had just been through moving, right? Moving from one state to another state, even when you're excited about it, it's a stressful move. You you gave up your career. Like all the things, if you make a list, the only thing you didn't do is like get divorced, right? But you had all the other stresses. Almost. No, I'm all just saying. You had, I mean, you did. Like, Stress of every possible stress you could have had, not to mention that we were still reeling from the pandemic stress. You moved, you, you, you know, you lost, lost your mother, so many things at one time and, you know, losing your routine of working. And so it's very, very normal to want to comfort ourselves with food. But I, I love how you're telling it without any judgment or like guilt or beating yourself up. If we had talked six months ago, I probably wouldn't have okay. that good about it. Um, just because six months ago, I had 
really, you know, I didn't have any clothes that fit hardly. And you were feeling some, some like beating yourself up thoughts. I mean, telling myself not to, but doing it anyway. Right. You know, like I'm still a valued individual and a, like I have value far beyond the size of whatever's in on the tag of my clothes and, um, you know, whatever the scale says. I, and I know that, but it's just super frustrating and, but I feel, I feel good about the direction it's heading. And, and I feel really confident. I think I've always felt confident, though, because I've done the, and, and you know that because you did the same thing. I know I can lose the weight. Now can I keep it off, right? And so, but I feel at this point, I'm 75 pounds less than I was before, maybe 80. And so I still feel like that I'm in a really good place with the whole thing. And if if I can never lose one more pound again to get back to where I was, that will be okay um, because I'm healthy and my body is in good shape to do the things that I want it to do. My knees don't hurt, you know. Seventy-five pounds down still is is huge, and you know I think back to all the yo-yos that I did, and you can think back to all the yo-yos that you did. There was no yo-yo I ever did that kept me stable at a weight that that was healthy. I always yo-yoed back up and even beyond. So even with, you know, the whole, like, I quit, I give up, I can't do it right now, this is too hard, I'm going to eat with my dad, you know, you, you put on weight doing that. And when you went back to intermittent fasting, it didn't just fall right off. No, you had to, had to work at that. But you never went back all the way up. And you, as soon as you went back to fasting, the gain stabilized, right? Correct. And, and immediately started to, like I said, turtle down. Mm-hmm. And I always have to remind myself too that there are going to be times when you're turtling down, but it's not linear. You know, it's it's like these peaks and valleys. So I'll be like, "Ooh, I'm going to hit the next decade. I'm going to be, you know, below whatever, and into the into these numbers next." And then, uh, surprise! No, you're not. <laughs> you get to lose those couple of pounds again. Oh shoot! Yeah, I know that it's like my scale would would know. I mean, I know, of course, the scale can't know, but it felt like it. Like I remember, I just wanted to see a two digit in the tens place. I just really wanted to see that. It's like my scale was like, no, I will show you a hundred and thirty point zero, but I will not show you a hundred and twenty nine point nine. And why did it matter so much? It just did. I totally understand that. That, that like was how scale's I, broken I, at the three. I don't know. At the end, I mean, I think that last one or two pounds took just like weeks and weeks and weeks, you know, to to achieve the the hundred pounds and yeah. And that's it. Really, actually, why I stopped weighing because I know how to get those pounds off, so I could see what I want to see, but it's not like healthy to do it or good for my body or real. You know, I could fake it down. I think that's another piece of the story that I probably neglected to put in there. And I don't remember the whole time frame of when that was happening, but I really wanted to be one of those people who doesn't weigh. I wanted to be that so much. I wanted that freedom from the scale. And I know now that I can't, I'm I'm not ever going to, I don't think. I appreciate you sharing that. But I don't think I'm ever going to be one. In fact, I just bought. I have the Renfo scale, you know, the one that you little dots or whatever. And it's a, it's, a, it's one that, you know, works with your phone and people shouldn't use your, use your scale because then you'll get, you know, how much they weigh. Exactly. <laughs> um, I just bought, they have a travel one. Okay. It's, it's half the size and it has a cute little pouch that it goes in because I'm going to uh, visit my daughter and my grandson. I'm actually, I'm leaving tomorrow 
and I'm going to go and ride three bike rides. I'm going to ride a 30 miler on Friday, a 58 miler on Saturday and a 60 miler on Sunday. And I'm then I can drive to Wisconsin from Ohio and, and see my daughter and my grandson. And one of one of the rides is called the donut ride. Yeah. Like I love donuts. I really, really love donuts. But the problem is, is if I eat all that junk when I'm riding bike, I will fall fall asleep. Oh, I didn't know that it had actual donuts. I was like picturing like you're on some scary mountain road that's like donutty or something. No, they have at all the at all the mysterious they have donuts. And you get like apparently I've never done this one before, but for every donut you eat, you get five minutes off of your your race. But I can't, I mean, I might be able to have a couple towards the end, but there's no way because I I will literally have that carb coma and I will be trying to ride my bike and falling asleep. So I don't even like donuts unless oh, I like God, the I fancy that. ones. See, I don't. I, I, I like the fancy ones with interesting things, you know, like they're doing now. But a regular donut, forget it. They have all the different kinds like oh they do kinds and stuff yeah right when i'm talking i'm talking like the fancy ones like super fancy ones that have like i don't know if it's the kind they sell at krispy kreme i'm not interested be like that I'm sure. any of those i don't want any of those i just don't like them i don't know i didn't like them as a child because i am pretty sure you know after knowing going through the zoe test that my body does not have good blood glucose control i knew that as a kid i didn't feel well after i ate something like a donut and so I just didn't eat them because I, I identified that early in my life. Bready, sweet bready things are the thing that I have probably the most difficulty having good control over. I mean, I do anyway, because there's that whole timer happening in my head. And not that not that it has to be, oh, I'm only going to eat for one hour, but kind of go, okay, this is enough now. And um, I'm ready to go to bed anyway. But I do still depend on the, a, a bit on the, the timing of things. The window. Yeah. One thing that I think might be a little bit unusual about me is that most of the time when it's window time, I'm not hungry. I am almost never hungry. That's so interesting. Yeah. I, I've done, you know, I wouldn't call it ADF because I don't, I'm not going to do that. That's over a long period of time or several you know, a week or two or however long you do it. But you know, where you, you do a long fast and then you have a you have the down day and then the up day. You've done a down day and an up day. Yeah. And I wasn't hungry at the end of the, you know, 40, 40, 42, 46, 48 hours or whatever. And I rode my bike like 50 miles in two days, you know, on top of that. So I just don't feel like I can, I can feel like I don't have a lot of energy, but I don't feel hunger. So that's kind of nice. That's so interesting. Yeah. I like that if I need to not I really decided I'm, I'm not going to eat because I don't, I'm not hungry and I, that I can sustain that. It's more the mind game of it's, I want to eat now day and I want to eat food, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. When I had my friends that came to visit my college friends, when we just had moved here and we ate a ton of great food while they were here, zero guilt, of course, but I was really, really full, like really full. <laughs> And so they left on a Monday and it just happened to be mealless Monday in the community. And I was like, you know, I could do a mealless Monday because I just ate all this food and, you know, maybe I would feel better not eating. I might enjoy it. And let me just see if I want to do it. Not like to punish myself, but just because I, I always, you know, remind people I haven't skipped a day of eating since 2016. And 
So I was like, you know, it would be nice to say I did a mealless Monday. Like, guess what? I did a mealless Monday. So then like dinner time rolled around and I'm like thinking, am I and I'm like, no, I, I just want to eat. I just want it. I just want to. <laughs> so I did. I, I went ahead and ate. So I was like, okay. I hadn't told anybody I was thinking about it because I'm the kind of person, if I had told people I was going to do it, I would have felt pressured to do it. So I didn't. I didn't tell anybody. I was like, I'm just going to see how I feel. If I really just feel like doing it, I'll do it. But I didn't feel like doing it. My hardest difficulty with alternate day or up day, down day is going through a whole day and then going to bed and then getting up the next day to eat is I can't sleep. Yeah. I can't sleep. And so if I'm going to do a a longer fast, I have to be content with the idea that I may or may not get much sleep that night. Yeah. And not everyone's like that. Like we had someone in the community just this week who talked about how she was so worried about having a down day. She did her first one and she was so worried she wouldn't be able to sleep, but she did sleep. She slept great. So not everybody has the problem with sleeping and some people find they have it early on and then, then they get used to it and they don't have that problem anymore. And some people find they need the 500 calorie down day to keep them, help them sleep. So I have done uh, the the 500 calorie down day a couple of times. And um, I think that that would, if I decided that was how I was going to do ADF, that would be the workable thing for me. I, I could make that work. Yeah. You would be able to sleep better with that. Yeah. That's, that's important. Cause that's, you know, it's, people are always like, which way is the best way? And it's like, whatever way feels right to you is the best way. And it might be the, the 500 calorie meal is the way you sleep. Right. And, and I think it would, it would help me with the whole idea of, well, it's been a day. I'm going to eat now, you know, <laughs> what do you mean I'm going to eat today? What? I don't know. There's a whole sorrowful thing. I like to eat every day and I'm not sorry. <laughs> you know, if I, ADF is a fabulous strategy. And if you're trying to fight insulin resistance or you know you've had metabolic slowdown, it, it, it's a great strategy for that. Not everybody has to do it or feels like you have to, because there's also ways to combat those things without doing ADF, right? You could do like a loose kind of down and up pattern where you're not restricting to as low as 500, but maybe you just eat, you know, like a tight one hour window one day and then the next day have a six hour window. I mean, that's not ADF, but it's like a looser up and down pattern. Or it would small be- plate, you know, just I'm going to have a small plate. I'm not going to eat, I don't know, whatever thing it is that you know is inflammatory for you or that you, you know, feel like is a, a lot of extra food that you don't need, I guess. Yeah. I want to circle back because we didn't really talk about it much. You talked about the scale and wanting to not weigh. How long did you step away from the scale? So I had my surgery in March and they told me, don't get on the scale because you're going to have all this inflammation and you're going to be horrified. And so, um, and they would never tell me how much the skin they took off weighed. They told me not much. So I didn't. And I don't think I got on the scale until, oh, I would say at least maybe five or six months. Okay. And I can't remember the exact timeline. And then there were times in there after that too, like when my mom was dying and I knew I had gained a bunch of weight where I was like, I'm not getting on the scale. You can't make me get on the scale. I do not want to know. I'm going to be really a really good faster for like two weeks and then I'll get on the scale, right? And so it actually ended up being about two months after mom died that I was like, I'm going to, and I was like, so I really don't know how much, I know I gained more than that. 
I was uh, just like, I, I don't, I don't want to see that my weight is like starts with a two again. You know, that would be have been devastating. So, so I didn't see that. Good. I'm glad <laughs> you didn't see it. You know, research is clear that in general, that people who weigh every day are more likely to maintain a weight loss and not gain weight than people who never get on the scale. So I, I know this. And so nobody should ever think that I'm saying no one should ever weigh because it is very freeing not to, but I just have decided I don't want to, I don't want to rely on that because I know, you know, I, I gained an inch around my waist in the past year. Thank you. My hormones that are gone and blood sugar control is not as good. And, you know, I, my body is different than it was in 2018. And so I, if I got on the scale and saw certain numbers, I would be like, well, now I got to diet because I'm Jen Stevens. But I don't want that pressure. And I wrote the book. Yeah, I'm Jen Stevens. I got to be, you know, whatever my last weight was, I got to be that or below for the rest of my life until I die. And I've decided, no, (laughs) I don't have to put that pressure on myself. You know, I'm still wearing my clothes. But if I had to get a bigger size of clothes, one size up at some point, I wouldn't feel that as a failure because I could lose weight to whatever number I wanted to see on the scale. 100%, 100%, I know I could do it, but I don't want to live that way. And and we know that we whatever it is you have to do to get there, you're not going to be able to modify it a lot to stay there. You know, so you have to be like content with like, I'm really content with, you know, if I have, if I'm doing 23-1 most of the time, or I'm doing, I actually have it set up 22-2 because I like to have a glass of wine in the evening. And yeah, I could probably not be as much of a turtle if I didn't drink a glass of wine five nights a week. Or but you like to have the wine. But I love it. And I want to have one glass of, I mean, I measure it. It's five ounces. I know how much it is. And um, I like, I'm really careful with it, but I, I like it. And I, I, I want to live my life having that pleasure. Exactly. And that, that's the thing. You have to decide. You have to choose. What are the things you want to do? What are you willing to give up? Like, you know what? I don't buy ice cream anymore. There was a time in 2018 when I was younger and teaching school. And it was easy to wait till I got home from school. Just like you, I didn't eat at school. Super easy. Got home, ate. I ate a lot of ice cream during that period of time. I cannot eat ice cream like I used to anymore. This 53-year-old body is not going to have it. So (laughs) I can eat ice cream here and there sometimes. I don't need to eat it every day. But I do want to have a glass of wine. So I have to decide, you know, what what am I willing to do? I'm not going to give up delicious food, though. I completely agree. I I get real frustrated with when it doesn't work out that the food that I'm going to have is delicious. And, And, you know, I remember you talking a lot about you know, you go out to a restaurant and then you're disappointed. And I, I hate it when that happens. Like I, now that I'm retired, I, one of the things I really love to do, which I never loved to do before is to cook and like, maybe not super elaborate, but maybe more elaborate than I ever did during my teaching years, because I had kids and it was, you know, children of my own that lived at my house that wanted to be fed. And it was, they tend to want that rush around thing, you know, get them, pick them up from their high school that's 65 miles away. And, you know, let's just eat out and have pizza or get home and make some kind of something that fills the space. But now that I have time, you know, I really enjoy, I I like the whole, where's the, the, the best piece of 
meat that I'm going to put on the, the grill or whatever. And it's going to look this beautiful way. And I'm not great at plating, but I want it to look nice when I'm done. And so I'm really enjoying that. But it does make for going out to eat. And there are so many restaurants in Savannah, so many good restaurants in Savannah. So we were trying all these different ones. And then I'm like, this one isn't very good. We're not going back. That is really sad. We we went out last night to eat. I had um, something tragic happen to my food delivery box with the, the company that like FedEx, something happened. They're like, oops. So it was very disappointing. So we were like trying to figure out. So I had five meals that were coming in that box. And because I've decided I want to go out a couple nights a week. Here we are trying new places. But then I had like couple nights plus five. So I had like a whole week of no food, like no food box for a week. So I like got tired of going out to eat and I made a big pot of chili and we ate that for like three days. I'm like, I'm so sick of eating this chili. I just can't do it another night. So we went out last night. We had Mexican food. It was, it was a letdown. I'm like, well, there's another restaurant we don't ever have to go back to. And and I work really hard at making sure that we don't have, trying really hard to not have any leftovers because I don't want to eat it a second day. Chili is one of those things. I, I I like kept baking new potatoes every day. Like I would make more baked potatoes. So we were having chili and baked potatoes over and over again. But it was pretty good. I like, you know, potato makes me happy. But that Mexican, and it was like $75 to go. And I'm like, you know, people say meal delivery is expensive, but <laughs> this was just a standard Mexican restaurant. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, the coldest case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. I'm sort of amazed at, um, I don't know what the food boxes cost because I've never um, ordered those, but I will tell you that um, I picked up two ribeye steaks yesterday and it was $15.99 a pound. And the two in the package, I only I only cook one and we split it. And then I froze the other one because I'm going to be gone for a month. So my husband has to have easy things to do. And anyway, the two pa- the package of two ribeye steaks was $37. Oh my gosh. And so when you think like if you go out and you order a ribeye and it's, I don't know, $25 or something. Well, of course it's $25. I mean, unless they're getting it a lot cheaper than I'm getting it. That's how are they like 
paying someone to cook it and like spice it up and plate it and, you know, bring it to me. The, the, the places that are, are going to have a good steak around here, I mean, you're going to pay $50 or something for like a meal. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> Chad certainly isn't going to pay that for a meal out at a restaurant. So yeah, the meal deliveries really do end up being a good bargain. Cause I was talking to him about after we'd gone to that Mexican restaurant, it was so expensive. And I'm like, you know, look at what, you know, we we're paying for the meal delivery. And he's like, that's better than we could do at the grocery store. To hear Chad say that was kind of impressive because he's like very frugal. <laughs> so he's convinced. Now, not so if you're trying to buy for four people. It's more, if you're, you're trying to feed a family, meal delivery is not as economical. But for two, you cannot, I don't think you can eat as well. This is not a commercial for meal delivery. It's a good, good quality of, of items. I, I enjoy the whole Again, you know, I'm, I'm not working, so I enjoy the whole thing of what are we going to have today? What recipe am I going to make? What is on the list of things I need to get? I'm going to ride my bike down to the store with my little backpack and pick out the perfect thing. And, oh, they don't have it at this grocery store. I'll just pedal over to the other store. And I have this whole thing of um, not driving my car because for years I lived where you had to drive a car because it was 65 miles to everything. And there was only one grocery store. And so I will literally park my car and not drive it for weeks at a time. My husband will take it kayaking. He'll take my car to carry his kayak, but I don't think I had driven it. I haven't driven enough since we moved here to have an oil change. Oh, wow. Yeah. Other than like when I've traveled to like my parents or whatever, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't driven it enough to have an oil change. So it gives you great pleasure to go out and find what you're going to have that day. I know you said you you hate going. To I hate doing that. Hate it. Hate it. And you know that sounds like Melanie Avalon. That was um, intermittent fasting podcast with me. She liked to go out every day and find what she was going to eat for dinner that night and bring it home. Whereas I'm like, nope. I like the box to come, and there it is. I can look at the cards and say, okay, I've got these five meals right here. Which one are we going to have tonight? You know, tonight Chad and I are going to go eat at the beach house. Here's one that'll be great. We can have this one. I'm going to take that over there. Well, and, and to be fair, I haven't tried those either, so I might really enjoy doing that. You well. might, you might would. I just, it, it to me, I don't have the like I told you, we didn't have any food, so we ate chili and baked potato every single day because I really am that like. I mean, I love beans, you know, I love beans, and I love baked potatoes, and I also am not really good at just cooking a small amount of something. That has been um, a learning experience for me to get to. Like really, what do the two of us really want? How much do we really want to eat? And then how do I take this recipe and like not forget about cutting it in half? I'm cutting it in a fourth or sometimes an eighth. And then, okay, that doesn't really work because how do you do an eighth of an egg? You know, (laughs) by the way, you can, um, if you like uh, mix up your egg, you can like uh, do tablespoons or teaspoons and there's like conversions. Okay. Or you could get that liquid egg stuff, but gross. You could, you could though. I'm, I'm a little averse to that because if you go places that have like, you know, omelets and they use that, uh, I don't yeah. like it. That's a good idea though. You could though. That would work if you're, if you're trying to cut a recipe down, you know. Yeah. I forget about that. That's something you that's available. Yeah. You could do it. But yeah. So like I, my chili, I like to put in all sorts of things and I'm just wandering around the store like what beans look good today. And so I bought like four cans of beans and that's going to make a lot of chili. Yeah. I needed all those beans. Anyway, so let's talk about your positive health changes. What have you seen from, you know, that day you started in 2016 to now? What what have been your health victories? 
So uh, my blood sugar is completely under control, like all the time. I never like I can drink red wine and I can eat dessert and I don't have any issues with that at all. I really attribute it to fasting and um, the level of exercise that I do. Um, I enjoy the exercise that I do. So it's not just I'm not doing that just just for that. But and it gives me something to do to uh, that. It's enjoyable, but it's also something to fill the day as well and a method of transportation. But um, so health wise, um, the diabetes, I think, is the big biggest win. But beyond that, for real, like I was having a lot of really terrible. Uh, I would throw my back out and not be able to move, you know, out of a, a, a recliner for a week at a time. But you're di- you're no longer diabetic. You were diabetic and you are no longer considered diabetic. So that's an interesting piece. So I had gone to my uh, doctor and she said, you know, you really don't need to be taking metformin. Your A1C is 4.9. And I'm like, I'm scared to not do that because I really feel like that's part of the, the weight maintenance piece. And so she convinced me that I didn't need to do that. So that was another thing that I, I really feel like was um, part of my weight gain. And yeah. so I just, I have, I've moved. So I have a new primary care physician and talked to him about it. And I said, I really feel like I need to be on metformin for that purpose of not just my blood sugar, but also making sure that I keep this weight off. And so he said, well, let's, let's try it. So I feel like that's been helping me a lot. Well, that's important because metformin is one of those things, you know, I'm, I'm like probably you and so many people out there, we don't want to take unnecessary medications. Absolutely not. Like I've, I've avoided hormone replacement therapy just because I like told myself I was, I was above that. I'm fine. I'm gin I don't need that. Yeah, I didn't need it. But you know, when you need it, you need it. But metformin is one of those drugs that has, you know, some, some longevity benefits. It's not one of those that has like, here's all the terrible side effects you're going to have. And you know, and you're going to need these other medications because you're taking it. it. There's actually some people, some people take it just for the longevity benefits. I've heard that um, in, in recently that uh, it's, it's something that doctors are recognizing in terms of weight maintenance and weight loss, even that it can be very beneficial to people. And I mean, from what I've read about it, it's, it was, you know, it's a very old drug. Um, and it was derived from a plant and it's not like this horrible, big, bad chemical thing that people might. Yeah. It's, it's not one of the ones to be afraid of. There are, there are some out there, you know, and I'm married to a medicinal chemist. So he's like, I remember, yeah, I remember coming home with an antibiotic prescription for this is the, you know, before intermittent fasting when I used to have them all the time, cause I would have ear infections. And he's like, do not take that. Do not, you're not allowed to take that antibiotic because it causes like eardrum rupture or something. Oh my gosh. And he's like, why did your doctor give you that? I'm like, I don't know why. He's like, you call him back and you get something else. Get this, this, this. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. And so we are very, you know, I always check with him, but but we're very choosy because he knows what they do. Because his, his PhD is medicinal chemistry, drug design. So There you go. All right. You're talking about your, um, you no longer have the pain and have to be in the recliner and 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 then um, I had a lot of knee problems too, like where uh, just, you know, I'd have to go get the shots that they like it's it's very like Frankenstein-y where they like put the, the needle under your kneecap, you know, with this stuff. And oh my god, um, I didn't know they did it like that. Oh yeah, it's horrible. Oh, <laughs> it's not hurt. like having the heebie jeebies, just thinking about it. It, it. it didn't hurt to have it done. In fact, you know, like 
seriously within minutes or for sure within days, it was almost instantaneous relief from the pain. But it's nice to not be in that pain and and to have to go in and have that done. And, you know, I mean, how much how limiting is it to have pain, back pain? Then you can't do the kinds of activities that you want to do, like ride a bike or walk or run or jump around in the pool or whatever it is. So I I would say knees, back and then, um, you know, the, the diabetes, high blood pressure. I don't have to take medication for high blood pressure at all. And it's all it's all really good. So many things to to celebrate there. And and that's, you know, I, I look around at at people who are younger than us. And I I really so wish that I mean, I'm not gonna go up to people and say, hey, let me tell you about this thing, you know, and it could like change your life. <laughs> but um I, so many times I'll I'll think, oh, if only like I could talk to that person for five minutes, you know, about like things that could, could change their lives. And then, you know, and then I have, I have talked to people and fasting is not everybody thinks it's their, you know, their jam. Um, and that's fine. Uh, for me, it is, uh, I'll do it for the rest of my life. It just is. It's so simple. Yeah. And you've, you've been doing it for six years now. Isn't that crazy? It is. It is crazy to think about that. And it's just what we do. It's what we do. I think when when I say it's simple, I mean as in it's not complicated. Correct. It's not always easy. Right. There are, there are times when I'll be like, it's one o'clock in the afternoon and I'm not going to, you know, my husband's not going to be home till seven o'clock and that's when we're going to eat. And I got six hours and I'm, and I'm going to make this beautiful meal. And all day long, I'm thinking about this food that's going to be so good. I call it food fantasies. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> So there are days like that, not many, but there are days. Especially now that you're home and not teaching. That At school, it was so easy. It was like easy peasy. But here I am living at the beach, food cues all around me, feeling like I have to celebrate, you know. So that that's, it's, the window creep is real. It can happen. And that's when it's not as easy. I agree. Yeah. So we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Oh, you asked me this last time. I think to just, I wish I had known that it's okay for things to happen in a gradual way. And that if I'm looking at this in terms of the lifetime game, I guess, that, you know, I want to live to be a hundred years old. I still have 43 years left at 44 years left to, to, to live. So, and I'm planning to do fasting, make fasting my, how I eat for the rest of my life anyway. So there's no rush. And, And I know you wrote that and I know you told us that, but like, I don't think I really internalized. I think fasting taught me a lot of patience, which I never had very much of to begin with. Um, and so I think be patient is a big a big thing and keep at it. And, you know, don't be afraid to go and talk to your doctor. And if you don't like what that doctor said, find a second opinion. Love that. That's really good advice because they, there are so many different opinions and ideas out there that there will be a doctor who will treat you the way that you prefer, you know, you work together. They're not, he's not going to let you do something dangerous, but there's a doctor who will, will be like-minded. True. Yeah. And, and, you know, if, if there's, 
something that uh, can be helpful to you? Like, I think sometimes we're real skeptical about doctors and medicine and those kinds of things. And that's okay to be skeptical, but there are things that can be helpful too. Don't be stubborn about getting hormone replacement or metformin or what you need. And I, I'm so glad that you talked about that with me because I'm planning that's on the next thing on my list is to go and talk to somebody about that. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, we have a lot of years left of us. I don't want to be, you know, this is, I, I want to feel good in all the parts of my body. <laughs> Well, Lynn, this has been such a pleasure. I'm glad that you took that trip to Surfside Beach and I'm glad that we connected and that we did this podcast. I think people are going to love hearing from you and you have so much wisdom to teach. I learned from the best. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast, American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books.